0: Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Hey there, everybody, and good morning and welcome to Fight Club.
1: (laughs) Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back, everyone. So glad to have you here with us this Tuesday morning. As you know, Fight Club is a group of self-employed industry experts, and we're here to cover four areas of business for you this morning. We've got marketing, operations, employee management, and money. And this is just a casual conversation to help you find somewhere to fight for your business this week and pinpoint an area to really heavily focus on. That's what we like to do. We like to have accountability. We like to be able to push that needle forward through this one-hour podcast and show to make sure that you're moving that business forward. So we'll go around and do some introductions this morning. We have Lorraine with us, and she's going to be giving us the customer perspective today. So we're really excited to have a little bit of a different shift. We're going to be able to see how she views us as home service businesses, how she looks for us, what she looks at us financially. Um, So as we jump into that, we'll do introductions first. So my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And I've been in marketing for about six years now. Super excited to say welcome to Fight Club and welcome Lorraine. Do you mind giving everyone an introduction of yourself?
2: (laughs) Hi, I'm Lorraine Beeman and I'm a career transition specialist. And what that means is I work with folks who are trying to find jobs and move forward in their career and I am so excited to be here today because I spend a lot of my time trying to help people figure out how to connect with employers and because you are all employers it's like I am I'm really excited to pick your brains and find out how I can get you to connect with my folks so thank you so much for having me
3: this morning. Oh, Lorraine, we're so (laughs) excited to have you. I don't know a single person that watches the show that's not hiring right now. And so we really need your help. Let us help us get into the minds of the people looking for jobs. Are they out there? Do they exist? Um, (laughs) (laughs) They exist and they are looking for you. So let's figure out how we can get, get this match made. That's awesome. Uh, My name is Megan Likes. I am the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I'm also the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full-service accounting firm where you can outsource all those nasty accounting tasks that you don't like to my team. And I'm the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters in Northern California with my husband, Jeff. And I'm really excited to be here on Fight Club this morning, and I'm really excited to have my dear friend, Lorraine Beeman, with us on the show today.
0: (laughs) Hey there, Lorraine. My name's Michelle, and I co-own a business with my husband, who's just off camera here, uh, Pink Collars, and we outsource your customer service. Customer service rock stars are who we employ, and then we can do not only customer care, phones, emails, chat, text, and all of that good stuff, but we can also do office management tasks. So either front or back office, you can outsource to us. And welcome. We are super excited to have you, and I can't wait to talk about hiring because we are hiring like mad. <laughs>
4: And I'm Martha Woodward, and I cover all things people-related. So this hits home in my arena. Um, I co-founded a software called Quality Driven, and it's all about employee performance tracking and how you can use that to create a great culture. And then I also own a maid service in a neighboring state, And I help people improve their culture in their companies through some online courses and so forth. But uh, welcome, Lorraine. We're really happy to have you. Glad to be here. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, I'm going to
1: go ahead and start us off, Lorraine, and I'm going to steal from Megan. Megan normally gives like a couple of questions. So I have two options for you this morning. Um, One option would be if you wanted to, you know, sit in the customer seat still and Let us know kind of how you initially start to search for a home service company. Um, And then my second question, if you'd like to go the opposite route, is marketing really can be done as well for, you know, looking for employees. So my option there would be, you know, what a tip could be for someone who's looking to market to a really rock star employee, what's something you would recommend for them to do. Why don't we start
2: with the rock star employee? Because again, that's what I'm all about is helping <laughs> connect you folks with these rock stars. We know from our, I'm going to say my side, which is the the advocating for employees, that 80% of jobs come through networking. And so I want to kind of dissect that, you know, I encourage people to go out, make contacts, try and network. But what we, I'd really encourage you to do is start networking. And I know the easiest way to get an employee is to talk to one of your current rock stars and say, do you have any friends? And, you know, a lot of companies will go, you know, if you bring somebody on board and they stay for six months, you know, there's a bonus in that for you. Right. But right now, times are a little tough. And I think that maybe that is not working. So I always think of networking as sort of like dropping a pebble, you know, in a lake <laughs> and how it, you know, goes out. And so we kind of want to move out through layers. And that next layer is where you, um, I always say, think about the rock star employee and what are their characteristics? Not, you know, hardworking and all that, but more about what their life is like. Where did they come from? Because what you, we want to do is go find out where those people live. And so I know for a lot of folks, at least in our area, you know, they'll have young people who maybe be um, high school graduates. That's their target. Well, they'll reach back to the high school. They'll make friends with the high school coach, with the mm. high school counselor, with those folks. And I encourage them to say, hey, you know, this is what I do. This is my business. Um, I really like hiring um, young folks. How can we partner? I know somebody locally who, um, you know, runs a, a service where you go in and you have your oil changed and all that. And she was having a terrible time getting employees. She started volunteering for the local um in the local schools to talk about, you know, business, they have business days, career days. And she's, I mean, she started talking to junior high school. She's not going to hire a junior high school. They went home. They talked to their older brothers and sisters. They talked to their parents. Mm. And now basically all she, the applications just come in. People come, Oh, you know, I hear you. It's a great place to work. So again, you know, on on our side, we're trying to network so that you pick up the phone and go, Hey, you know, I, I heard you're a great employee. Well, you know, that is my suggestion is you start being that great employer that everybody comes to see. So that would be the first level. I, I, I always get carried away with this. So just shut me off. And tell me
1: <laughs> no, I job. love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And it's, it is that ripple effect. You know, you're yeah. starting in one location, but then just like you said, it trickles down from, she talks to a few of the junior high students, even though that's not technically her market and then continues to go from there. And it does end up reaching people that it can connect with. So it's, and that's, I feel in this world that we live in, it's very social, very online. There are ways that you could potentially do that online. Um, is there anything that you've seen that works successfully online for networking?
2: Again, you you want to know where your, where your people live. Um, and I, I know just from sharing a little bit, you know, all of you draw from a different pool. So where do your folks live? Are they Facebook, which tends to be you know, maybe folks in, you know, 40 plus right now, or are they Snapchat or are they TikTok or are they, you know, wherever your folks live, because what you want to do is break down that barrier. I mean, we spend a lot of time on our site, searching for prospective companies, you know, who's out there. You want to just come to everybody's lips. Oh yeah. You know, Megan, she's great. You know, just give her a call because you want to be on that side where everybody wants to work for you. And then recruiting becomes very easy because it's more just, you know, filtering out which employees you want.
1: Absolutely. And then you get a, kind of similar with marketing in a sense where you find those avenues of uh, sales streams coming in and you get to pick and choose which candidates you really uh, want to do the work for, what jobs fit best for the company. Same sounds like same thing for employment marketing. You're really putting out the specific streams that you know are going to bring in those exact candidates that you're looking for. And then from there, you can do it in online sources as well as boots on the ground. So there's the two different options. Definitely, in my experience, I know we definitely have both options that we like to work with. We work with different companies locally to be able to say, you know, we're looking for this type of a candidate. If you guys have anyone in your family or friends or someone who might know um, or fit this position or might be excited about a position like this, please send them our way. Um, But we've we've tried everything from Craigslist marketing to um, Facebook to Indeed. I mean, all the options are out there to be able to bring in those different candidates. But definitely, like Lorraine said, you have to find that specific target and where they're located. Very, very similar to advertising for the business. So our clients marketing wise come a lot through Google organic. So we know we have to spend money in SEO to bring those in. So same for employment.
2: Right. That's
1: and I think find
2: those with employment when you're getting that message out too. Um, yes, it's, it's wonderful that you have a great business. People want a great culture. When I talk to people, they want a nice place to work with other nice people. So as you do your marketing, make sure that that's something that you emphasize. Maybe it's the, the the company virtual party or the company virtual happy hour or, you know, something wonderful that's happened. Because especially as you you reach down to younger and younger people, it's more about the experience than it is the paycheck. And so you want to go, well, I mean, you know, there are large companies where, you know, you know, every other person I talk to, I want to go work for them because they have built up the culture. Um, some people don't even know what all their product line is, but they, they know they want to work for that company. And so that's what you want to be. And if you're local, you you know, locally you want to be, oh, you, you gotta go work for that company. They're great, they're wonderful. Um, so it's so it's not just marketing what you do, but how wonderful it is to work for you. And testimonials by your employees, just like we do marketing, testimonial by customers testimonial by your employee going, oh, wow, you know, this is great. You know, you know, all the things you do for your folks.
1: Absolutely. Those testimonials have so much power behind them when you get, especially if you can get them on video too, to be able to see the person physically talking about how much they love the company they're working for and the X, Y, Z reasons why that can really be able to push forward a business and help market, the employment side of your business. So I won't touch on culture because I know that's Martha, I can just tell, is getting excited. So thank I thank you so much, Lorraine, for sharing some insight on that. And I'm going to go ahead and pass you over to Megan and y'all can talk some finances.
3: Oh my gosh. I want to talk about attracting and retaining because I feel like that's what everybody is mm-hmm. is like. Craving right now, but I, I know that Tay and Michelle are probably are better people to talk about attraction, like systems of attracting. Yeah. And I know Martha, she talks about culture, which is a really helpful thing with retention. So I'm supposed to talk about money. And I remember distinctly. So Lorraine watched me. So Lorraine and I met in a money class, actually. Mm-hmm. Lorraine and I met in a financial planning class that her daughter was teaching, and she was taking with her husband, and I was taking with my husband. Um, it was actually a Dave Ramsey class, the Financial Peace University. Jeff and I went through that many, many years ago. And um, and so Lorraine and I bonded, and that was our first meet. She was a longtime client of Jeff's, but our first meet was financial planning. So I want to talk about something that you helped me with early on in my business at Likes Accounting. So Lorraine watched Likes Accounting be born. She actually helped me get the confidence to quit my job. And then she helped me launch. And then she watched it grow to a team of 11 in that first, what, nine months or 10 months. or It grew really fast, too fast. Um, and she watched the whole thing. And she did a lot of coaching with me about retention. And we actually developed a good system where I would send employees through Lorraine before I'd hire them and a system where I'd send employees through Lorraine before I'd let them go. Um, and it was really helpful to just have that conversation with with our staff to get to know them. And Lorraine brought me a book one day and I'll never forget it. And it said, um, help them grow or watch them go. Absolutely. And I want to talk about the value of a rock star employee, I love that terminology, Tay, and I think Lorraine's really good at helping people find their inner rock star, and then us as employers trying to attract their best qualities for the best position. We talk a lot about the right people in the right seats. So, Lorraine, can you talk to us a little bit about the value of getting the right person in the right seat, and you know, being able to articulate exactly what we need, and them being able to match it with exactly what they can offer, um, and then how do we how do we Build them up once they join our team. How do we help them find what they need in that position so that they will stay and feel fulfilled, and we will get really good—I don't want to say product, but I'm going to say product—really good <laughs> output from them as as an employee. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that was a defining moment for me as an employer for sure. So the
2: first thing you want to do is decide who you really need and. A classic example, because i worked with an organization who, uh, I live in a university town. There are people with master's and PhDs running all over town looking for, you know, survival jobs. And they would go through an administrative assistant about every nine months because they thought, oh, let's hire someone with a PhD because they're so smart. And then, you know, after about six months, um, these people became very bored. I mean, these are people <laughs> learning PhDs and advanced admin work. And so finally, I convinced them to um, hire someone who was a high school graduate, uh, a little older, was very interested in in a job as an administrative assistant. And she stayed for nine years until it was time for her to retire. So part of it is deciding what you really need. Um, sometimes that's a rock star, you can get dazzled, people have great personalities, dig down to what you really need. Again, if you have a an ideal employee or somebody, kind of think about what what is this person really like? Make them your avatar for for hiring. And then once you get them, figure out, especially, I mean, I know we're talking about generational, but the younger they are, the more they want um, a cultural positive experience in in their workforce. So you want to have a a chat with them. What are your goals? Be honest with you. If you hire an 18-year-old, and they say, you know, really, I'm just going to save some money to go to college. You say, great. And you support that goal. Because you, you going sometimes employers, they ask that question, you know, where do you want to be in five years and all that? Most of us don't know where we're going to be in five years because life changes. Talk to your employee about, you know, what is your goal? Because as an employer, I want you to reach your goal. And it doesn't have to be staying with me until the day you retire. But you buy into them. And it's, and it's a partnership. So that... And Megan's great about this. You know, Chamber of Commerce is giving an hour program that, you know, go ahead, flex your schedule, but be concerned um, about them because the book is great. If you haven't read it, it's, you know, help them grow or, or watch them go is if you do not invest in your employees, like you invest in your business, you don't just ignore it. You get up every day and say, how can I make this better? You want to do other employees. And you will find one, you'll have extremely loyal employees, but when it's time to go, they'll help you find their replacement because they will feel like, I know I'm going to leave her, you know, short, short staff. So how can I help bring in um, another staff person? Is that, did that
3: answer your question? That that totally helps answer the question. Um, I, I really think that, you so Jeff. So we own a window cleaning company, and you might be thinking, well, yeah, that's fine. Lorraine and Megan work in their air conditioned offices with their you know professional staff that have PhDs or whatever. So let's bring it back to field service and how we've applied that strategy that Lorraine taught me many years ago to our field service business. And we started bringing it into our employee reviews. So at our 30 day review mark, our 90 day review mark, our quarterly reviews, the questions are more about the employee than they are about the company. And what we're doing is we're fact finding to see what, what interests them, what 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 are they trying to do? And, and Jeff, that was a huge mindset shift for him. He, he, he did what you just described, Lorraine, and he'd say like, well, they're going to leave me in six months when school starts again. And now we're like, let's make those the best six months ever and learn some stuff. And then we'll find the next one like that. And they're going to tell all their friends. And that has absolutely worked for our culture at Jeff Likes and Windows. We have people that only work summers for us because I'm in the same town as Lorraine, a college town. They'll work the summer for us and they'll come back the next summer and the next summer. And by the third summer, they're usually off to an internship and that's okay. But they've brought their friends and their little brothers and their little, you know, their neighborhood friends and they're snowboarding buddies. Um, and so it's really been helpful for us, Lorraine. And we really appreciate that this insight of getting to know who are, who they are as a person and then helping that define the avatar of, of what they are. Now, can you talk to us just a little bit before we pass it to Michelle about economics of a good employee? So I have a good friend and he talks about how, you know, one, a employee is equal to three B employees. Um, So when we're going out and looking for the rock star, can you help us define, like, how do we, how do we even decide that they're an A employee versus a B employee or a C employee? And, and I'm sorry if that offends you, if I'm not supposed to rate them A and B and C, but but Um, in the attracting phase, like, I feel like we kind of want to rate them. Hey, we rate employers, trust me. So
2: (laughs) you you all have a score, some, some place in your community, you've got a score, um, So are you saying like, how do you differentiate them at at the point
3: of interviewing? Yeah, sure. Okay, Or resume reviewing. I mean, okay, Lorraine, I just have to tell you in our industry, we're having like a less than 10% show up rate for interviews right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and that's across all industries. Um, It's actually kind of sad on Facebook. They'll say I have 14 interviews scheduled. Guess how many showed up? One or two, maybe. And that's been going on for months, but it's gotten far worse in the past three months since we hit tax refund season stimulus season. And, um, and we understand that we have a lot of trouble with childcare right now. So um, we're, we're having a really hard time getting people to show up to the interview. So let's talk about maybe from the resume phase, how do we, how do we decide looking at that resume that they're going to actually show up to the re- interview and um, we can keep up that enthusiasm That there's somebody, a qualified candidate that we'd like to hire for our company.
2: So I think a couple of things, one is enthusiasm. Um, really, unless you have an extremely demanding job that requires a high level of skills. If you can train somebody, you're looking for enthusiasm and willingness to learn. And a lot of times you can pick that up with the resume. Um, Again, if there's that personal contact, they're less likely to not show up. And let me tell you from the other side what it's like. 14 people didn't show up. 14 people were probably terrified of the interview process. I mean, I work with people one-on-one and they will call, oh, I'm going to cancel tomorrow because they'll never hire me because I've been out of work. They'll never hire me because I'm too old. And and people always define too old as whatever the age, I'm 31, I'm too old. You know, I'm 27, I'm too old. I'm 55, I'm too old. And so a lot of people don't show up because of a fear. And so one of the things, I don't know how you um, set up interviews, but if you're doing that, and it's like you send them an email or call and say, show up at my office at you know, nine o'clock tomorrow morning and we'll interview you. Back up and say, this person's terrified. You're asking them to come to a strange place uh, under a lot of pressure. There are people at home going, you've got to have a job. you got to get off this couch. So see if you can create that bond earlier. Do the phone call, not the message, but the, you know, I just want to have a quick chat with you. Um, now in HR, we call it a screening interview. But rather than making it a screening, it's more of of a befriending. You know, I'm so glad you're interested in this position. You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, why you're interested, what you know about us. Get them excited so they're not walking into a strange building to see a strange person, but they're meeting up for for a conversation. They already know you and the fear is gone. Um, And for Okay, so for my clients, and when I talk to folks, it's the fear of showing up and being rejected. It's huge. And if they're unemployed, they are already so far down the the ladder of feeling good about themselves. So try and make that bond early. And if that doesn't, if that doesn't work, you want to really go back to that personal, you know, if you're talking to, you know, to the coach who's sending over, you know, his team player, he's going to make sure that guy shows up. So anyway, from from my standpoint, it's usually fear keeps people from showing
3: up. That is so helpful. I think we all as employers get stuck in our employer perspective. But to remember, and that's what I'm so excited about today. To remember that employee mindset—that person that has all these pressures at home—and it's so easy for us to say, "Oh, they're on unemployment; they don't want to work." And I love that perspective, Lorraine. That they actually probably do, but they're very afraid. And and um, and we have tried to automate a lot of our interview uh, hiring process. And you're reminding me that there's nothing like that personal contact of a phone call, of making friends, of really trying to build that relationship. So. That was huge. That was really helpful. I'm actually going to remind Jeff about that. We had done that a couple of years ago where we tried to get our phone interview questions to match our job listing. So we kept that enthusiasm up and we actually saw our interview show up rate, go back up. Um, That was a Martha Woodward takeaway for sure. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, 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 that was actually probably less about money than we usually talk about, but still (laughs) super helpful. Um, I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who's the queen of systems and systematizing processes. Um, Thank you, Lorraine. That was wonderful.
0: I love it. I love the phone call. We we do a phone call here at Pink Collars and that does really help. And Taylor who gets all those phone calls. She's talking to people all day long because people are afraid. and I, I agree with you. I think it's a really unsettling time out there and people really want to make sure that they're going to get matched with a company that's good. So um, so uh, other than the phone call, is there any other system you're seeing out there sort of in the ecosphere of hiring that people are using? Um, and then I'll tell you what we use for our company, like a software or a, some sort of system, that you're seeing kind of emerge in, in your HR world. Anything out there you can tell us about?
2: Well, the word that always comes up every time we write a resume or something is applicant tracking systems,
0: Okay. which
2: yep. are a computer program designed to eliminate your resume. If you don't have keywords. And so yeah. it is actually, sometimes we see it as a barrier and we try to figure out how to go, go around it. So we can actually talk to a real human being to get somebody in um, for an interview. Um, I like systems, um, but I think that sometimes with systems, we forget that human touch. Yeah. Um, And so it has to be a balance. Yes. systems so that you don't spend a lot of time, you know, doing paperwork and stuff when you can, because you, again, my philosophy is you want to spend as much time as possible interfacing with the human being and developing that relationship. Um, So use your systems to, um, to make it go faster but on a lot of systems um, and sometimes they get a, a message that says you know we we've, we've read, read your res- or your, your resume has been accepted we'll let you know if you're a qualified candidate
0: yeah
1: there oh, that oh, is that's so good
2: <laughs> i'm saving and and it's not your question but it's the number one complaint everybody has employers don't call me to tell me whether or not i got the job
0: yeah yeah and follow up
2: it's like bad you know if you if you go to a store and have bad service you will tell 10 people because you'll be so ticked off. <laughs> that's what's happening out there in the community. Oh, in fact, I'll have said, well, so-and-so, they'll, they never get back to you. And that's kind of my, you know, what do you know about the company? They'll never get back to you unless you're you're a top candidate. So anyway, I got, that. that's kind of my little soapbox for
0: I <laughs> No, it's okay. No, speaking of personal, um, we just started this. So this was my homework a few weeks ago was to do an actual recruiting card, right? Oh, so yeah. we actually hand this to people. And because of COVID, we all learned how to use these little guys, right? So it has a QR code and it drops them into a place where they can start the interview process themselves. Um, I think that was the other thing I've learned recently is that people want to have a lot of flexibility in interviewing. They want to kind of meet you on their terms. Are you seeing that same thing with applicants that they want to kind of be able to do interviews at sort of different times, not necessarily business hours? That's what we're seeing, at least.
2: Um, Around their schedules, yes. Um, I will, you know, this is the classic thing that happens in a couple. One gets unemployed and suddenly... They are totally responsible for childcare, laundry, and all of that. And even though you're thinking, oh, they're unemployed, they're sitting around. No, they're really, (laughs) I mean, I was just trying to talk to somebody the other day. And he says, oh, my wife reminded me I've got to pick up for soccer. And, oh, I've got to do this. And, and you know, we found a time. And I'm not hiring. I'm his coach. So, you know, there's a lot of flexibility. So I think employers need to be very flexible. That old day of, well, you can can talk to us at 8 o'clock on Tuesday morning, or you can talk to us at 9 o'clock on Tuesday morning really turns them off. Yeah, And even though I'm a great advocate for the um, videotaped interviews, mm-hmm. I have clients who say, I will never work for a company that screens me that way. Yeah. There is a terror of recording. That, I mean, all of us are recording now. We're beyond that. But there is yeah. a terror for a lot of people, um, and especially if they're not in the tech world. If you're hiring an admin who's so used to tech, oh, yeah, I'll pop on a Zoom. Yeah. If you're hiring somebody for whom technology is not part of their world. That is another like, oh my goodness, they're going to have a permanent tape of me and they're going yeah. to watch me so true laugh at me. So oh,
0: yeah, so true. So no, it depends
2: I, on the, the tech level of who you're hiring. Sure,
0: sure. I, I found that we also have heard for some of our clients that are home service business owners that putting a calendar up that the applicant can actually schedule their own interview time puts a little bit more power in their hands. And I've heard that that system works really well for people. Um, so I like that one too.
2: Yeah. I think for my folks, that would be a perfect system because they could go, okay, this is the time when the house is going to be quiet. I'm going to yeah. have some, some quiet time. Exactly. But again, I'm talking to, it's that fear factor. I'm talking to yeah. a human now. Yeah. I know you hire, um, Administrative assistants—they are probably much more comfortable with technology. They've probably done (laughs) a little bit, yeah. Whereas in Megan's case, if you're hiring somebody who you know washes windows and cleans gutters, they're kind of an outside. Mm. They're not sitting in front of the computer. They're not keeping up with the latest version of Zoom, and they're going, "Well, wait a minute, you know."
0: And so, something like a card might be better because you're seeing them in person, and you have an interaction, and you say, "Wow, I was really impressed by your service." Or you seem like a really cool person or, you know, that kind of thing. So I think having a little bit of both in your business is probably good for everybody. So, okay. Awesome. I love it. And tell me how you started your radio show. Cause I am obsessed with people that do broadcasting. How did you get into that? Just let me divert just a tiny bit.
2: I was really lucky. I had um, a company called Voice America call me and ask me if I would like to do a podcast. And so um, I worked with them for about nine months, which was a wonderful way to get through the pandemic.
0: I can Um, imagine. Yeah.
2: So it was a really, really great experience.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I'm going to pass you over to Martha. She's going to talk to you all about people and culture. Thanks again.
4: Okay. Okay, Lorraine. Um, I actually have a couple of separate questions, but one is a follow-up. When you talk about people being fearful of showing up, like all of their insecurities come in and they talk themselves out of showing up for an interview, um, do you have any suggestions other than reaching out to them? Is there anything that comes to mind that we can do to set them at ease? Because, you know, when you said something about fear of rejection i you know i thought well i mean i can't call them and say you know just show up for this interview and i guarantee you're going to be hired so i was trying to think i mean certainly i could call and just try to be positive and give them a glimpse of our culture and Um, make them feel good about the position they're applying for. But anything else that you would recommend that we could do? What about a video
2: of you and your staff kind of talking about the company and how things are and and you introduce yourself because then that would break down a little bit of that fear barrier. Um, I know some of you are, are traveling and you're very comfortable with traveling, but if you've ever talked to a new traveler who just winds up in a new city and they are so disoriented, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much how you can think of some of your job seekers, especially if they haven't been through the process for a long time, anything that you can make it seem like they're not coming to a, a building for an inquisition, they're coming to meet somebody for a friendly conversation. And even... You know, most folks, you know, are going to gonna do that Facebook or, you know, in your card, you can say, gee, um, you know, just check out our, our site, learn more about us. If your employees are comfortable talking about working because that's going to be their peer, that's going to be somebody they can identify with. You know, I mean, I, I'm very familiar with, you know, Megan's business. So maybe, you know, one of her window washers goes, you know. I'm a college student and I work every summer and this is great because I'm outdoors. I build up my tan. This is great. And then on the other hand, she has somebody that, that says, Oh yeah, but for me, I've been doing this um, for 15 years because I love this company. The benefits are great. You know, the boss is great. So that you break down the barriers to, um, to your company, because right now, you know, you're, if you're an ad in, in online or something, and then there's an exchange of papers or something, it's very impersonal. And these are folks, a lot of them that have been dealing with EDD unemployment and all of that and all it is is paper and I'm just a number, you know, and so if you can make them feel like they're not a number, they're going to want to come meet you.
4: Yeah, that's a good idea. And when you were talking about testimonials and Tay mentioned video testimonials, I have never been able to do that successfully with my staff. My maid service staff are not the taking a zillion selfies and getting on video type of staff. And so what I have done and need to redo is have basically a fun interview. Like I could never put a camera up and say, hey, tell the world what you love about working here. But what I could do is we do a lot of banter and have a lot of fun. And I could have somebody film me asking questions because when they clam up, I can be like, oh, come on, Nikki, you know, da, 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 da and, uh, and get a more natural type of an interview And help somebody that is very camera shy be authentic. So, yeah, it's uh, but making them comfortable. That's what I'm hearing from you.
2: I'm doing a flashback to um, the the National Park Service hires lots of folks to come in during the summer and basically, you know, change beds, dust, and all of that. Had a hard time recruiting because it's just, you know, unless you're think, oh, I got, I want to be out in the woods. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I can remember they had um, a picture of their staff all in front of a cabin, just waving. It was the most front. Friend- I, I mean, yeah. I, can't, I don't want to share how many years ago it was. It was like, oh, wow, that looks like it'd be a whole lot of fun because they're smiling and they're waving. And um, so again, it looked like a very, oh gosh, that'd be a fun place to to work and a fun job to do. Mm -hmm. so anything that makes you more human and like oh you're you're approachable you're not this high-level boss that's just going to you know you know yell at me and stuff like that the more that you can be human the more they're going to go oh i want to because we we didn't talk about money yes people have to have enough money to survive but after that that you know you only think about your paycheck you know once or twice a month the rest of the time you think about the environment and the people you're working with and do you want to go to work? And so that's what you really want to sell is I'm a great boss. These are great people. You want to come spend, you know, eight hours a day hanging out with us.
4: Right. Right. Yeah. And that second question I wanted to ask you about is I find that so most of the people who run service businesses have at least one person in the office And a lot of times that person in the office is kind of the doer of all things, which in itself creates some problems. But um, people have a hard time hiring and retaining that position. And I think in hiring, I, I see this in groups, they don't really know what, like, How to find the person who can do the skills they're looking for, scheduling, customer service, those kind of things. And then, as far as retention, I won't go there yet um, because that's separate. But any tips for them as far as uh, when you're interviewing? It is a different interview process than when you're hiring a field service person. So I'm sure you can give us some help on finding that right person.
2: And now I'm I'm just going to make some assumptions and correct me, but this is the person who basically is the the center of the wheel, the hub. Everybody's coming in, everybody's coming out. That's a personality that you're looking for. You can probably you know teach scheduling, you can teach, but it's your customer service. And I mean, this is terribly, probably, unpolitically correct. But the mother hand, it doesn't have to be a, a female, but it has to be somebody who really likes to nurture, who likes to everybody to be in their places. The person that you know would get up and make coffee first thing in the morning, so everybody is, you know, starting their day off. So hire for personality, and then train. Again, there's always times when you have to hire first for skills, but usually, if you hire for personality and train. People will stay with you because you've added value. Employees feel good about being offered training opportunities. Gee, you know, um, we'd love to have you learn this program, or I'd love to have you learn this schedule, scheduling program. And then they're they're feeling value. And one of the things you can say is, you know, you are such a key part of this um, company. I really want to invest in, in your success. What do you need to, to really do a job? And then those people need somebody to vent to. Because if they really are a good customers, they're just absorbing all of that. Mm-hmm. They need to be able to download. And that might be, you know, every Wednesday morning, you can just call and complain about anybody. I'm not going to, you know, just get it off your chest. Be- better you tell me than you go home and tell, you know, a spouse or a friend about what's going on.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree that uh, being able to manage people is a huge, huge skill set for somebody who's going to oversee your operations. The only other thing that I would add is that they also need to be able to enforce the boundaries Mm -hmm. because what I've seen is um, I've seen people who are great at nurturing and great at befriending the employees, but then they let them kind of walk all over them and the policies and everything. So, uh, and you said, Mother Hen, I mean, you know, most moms are very nurturing and um, befriending, except when you get outside the boundaries and then you have to reel people in. So, I think that is a good analogy.
2: Yeah, and and the parent, you know, though you never want to think of your employees as children, it it is that parenting concept that that people are better off when there's boundaries and they know the boundaries. That's another thing: is make sure your boundaries are clear and that they're consistently enforced. What happens is that you know a rule is applied to one employee and not another, and that is just the invitation for disaster. It
4: has to be equal across the board. Right, right, yeah, and when when I was talking about this office manager position um, and the retention, really what I see, and it'd be interesting to see what you hear, but what I see is their owners that are not good at making it clear about what the expectations are. And so, you have office managers that feel like a failure in the position and they're getting all kinds of mixed messages and they don't really know. And then you have the owner that's going, why can't they just do what I want them to do? And I'm like, because they don't know what you want, you know. So uh, is that what you hear from
2: people? I hear it all the time. And again, from the employee side, it's and especially from my executive assistants, you know, the boss just, you know, throws something on my my desk and says, Take care of this and yeah, I'm very competent, but these are policies that that person has to make. Those are, those are corporate-wide decisions. And so sometimes, not any of you on the call, of course, but sometimes the instinct is, oh, I just don't like doing this part of my job. I'll give it to somebody else. That's a partner. That's your business partner where you divide the work. Your, ad, you know, your support person, you give them the boundaries. You share with them, and then they um, they implement what you want. But they're not there to make up your – you're there to direct your business. They're there to implement your policies and procedures, and unless you're talking a lot to that person, you are going to have issues because they're going to feel like you've been you've abandoned them, um, you've left them, and then suddenly they're in charge of this business, and that's not what they signed up for. They signed up to help you run a business, but not to hold the responsibility for it. So you want to make sure that you're not putting too much responsibility on somebody just without a lot of support and um, you know and and backup.
4: Yeah. That's That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's been really, really helpful. I feel like we covered a lot in a little I bit did. of time. So
3: I have one follow-up question if I can ask. Um, we talked about resumes a couple of times sure. uh, and Jeff's gone back and forth about including a resume in his requirements or not because of the nature of our industry. Do you have any thoughts about whether employers, sh- I mean, I know that you're a resume writer. I know that you see a lot of value in the resume, but for the employer is it is it a hurdle in these field technicians is it is it Is it necessary, and do you have any thoughts about whether we should require it or not um, we've We've honestly done it both ways over the past fifteen years, and that I'm just curious your thoughts and you talk you mentioned resume a couple of times, yeah. Um, I think you need to look at
2: the level of your employee and what is appropriate. If you're um, hiring the high school graduate to do um, a task, then an application. Because a resume, again, I am a resume writer and I have executives come to me and go, what am I supposed to put on this piece of paper? For someone who is working for a lower wage, to hire somebody to write a resume is a burden. And so I would go with the application. You can get the same information as you can on a resume. And again, you're you're looking for skills and you're looking for customer service. So actually, you could probably create just a check-off sheet, you know, have you done this, 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 just check it off. It'll probably be easier for you. As long as you put something on there saying, you know, this is just a measure of, of where you are. So it's a friendly kind of thing. You know, before we meet, you know, can you um, provide the following information?
3: Awesome. That's super helpful. I think that's kind of where we've been headed is um, getting into Tay. We want to get into this guerrilla marketing for recruiting where they go to a page, they fill out a type form, that's their application. They watch the recruitment video, then we retarget them and we we use it just like normal lead generation kind of. Yeah. So I th- that's helpful. And it I think it really is a hurdle. I remember the first time Jeff had to write a resume for a window cleaning job, then he was just in your yeah. tears. Don't tell him I said that, but you know, I mean, it was really like a huge mental block for him. Um, so that's, that's really helpful. Thank you, Lorraine. And you answered so many questions. I, we just so had a request by a listener to do something on recruiting and training. And so I think you nailed it, Lorraine. Thank you very much. And Gabe, this mm-hmm. one was for you. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. I think I'm going to pass it to Tay for homework. Yeah.
1: All right. So homework, um, if you haven't been with us before, if this is your first show, Um, everyone's going to go ahead and assign some homework. We know it's a lot. It's very daunting. We just asked for you to pick one that spoke to you this week. I'm assuming a lot of our tasks and homework are going to be centered around hiring. So maybe it's an area within hiring that you are seeing that you're having that issue. So as we go around again, just please make sure don't get overwhelmed. Just pick one. And if you have questions, if you're concerned, or you have need kind of better clarification, we do have a Facebook group that can help you hold you accountable and be able to answer any of those questions for you. So we can also be able to direct you to that in um, our comments on the feed. So marketing homework, um, what I want you to do is identify where you need to network with that ideal rockstar employee. So Lorraine talked a lot about different options. You can do this in person if you're looking for high school students. Um, recent graduates, you can be able to go to coaches, be able to network with them, create those partnerships. If you're looking for it online and you know that you're looking for someone over the age of 40, Facebook is a great option to be able to network with those individuals, but it's identifying that rock star and then also identifying where to network with them. So that's going to be the marketing homework for you today.
3: Uh-oh. I don't know if I'm ready. I have like too many <laughs> options. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay. So I, I want you to go back to your phone interview questions. I I was going back and forth. Like I kind of want you to redo your 30-day review questions so you can get to know your employees better, but that's not, I changed my mind. Okay. We're going to go to our phone (laughs) interview questions because this was really helpful for Jeff. So if you're having a bunch of no-shows, and I understand this is not at all finance related, so bear with me. I'm sorry. But if you're having a bunch of no-shows to your interviews. I want you to think about what is that conversation that's happening with that prospective employee from the time they apply online to the time that that actual interview happens. Have there been any hands-on in-person touches or simulated touches that would make them feel comfortable, that would make them feel welcome, that would make them feel excited about coming to meet you at a place to have a conversation? And really think about it from that perspective of they're afraid. They're afraid of being rejected. They're afraid of meeting a stranger. They're afraid of, you know, the pressure at home. They're afraid of all of these things. I want you to really evaluate that process. So from the time that they read your job listing and applied to the time that you're expecting to meet them, I want you to really outline what is that process and how could you make it more welcoming? How could you make it more warm? How can you make it friendlier? And how can you make it more personal? So that is your unrelated finance homework (laughs) inspired by Lorraine and something that Jeff will do because that's a genius homework, Lorraine. And I really think that that should help solve some of these pain points that we're having is let's, let's take a step back from the automation and really think about it from that perspective, employee's perspective and see if your shelf rates go up. And if they do, I want to hear about in the Facebook group. Um, Also, one thing that Tay mentioned is If you do one homework assignment every week, your business will be a better business. Just do one and do it every week. And you're going to really move the needle in your business. And that's what we want for you in this
0: this, this show and in that group. (laughs) And my systems homework is create a recruiting card. And if you need some examples, I literally did research on this way too long. I did like a hundred examples and I have like 27 mock-ups. So if anybody wants to see the research I did or look at any copies of things that are kind of cool, um, it's really easy to do. So I will post um, a few examples and some things on the group, but try to get something in physical in your hand. Um, I sent Doug to Florida and he gave out a bunch in Florida and um, Taylor here in our area has been giving them out too. So we have actually gotten really good interviewees because we've actually walked up to people and, and interacted with them personally. So I like this one. So I'm going to put some stuff on the, uh, in the group. Okay. That's it. (laughs) All
4: right. And I think I'm going to make mine about that office manager position. And I, I just feel like that's a very frustrating position for the people in the seat and for the owner. And I, I feel like that you could make that much less frustrating for both of you if you would have clear expectations. So what I'm going to ask of you is to write out, you know, what are the daily expectations? What are the weekly expectations? What are the monthly expectations? And then if there's quarterly. Um, and, and then... Don't keep it secret. (laughs) Make sure that the person that's in that seat knows about the expectations. And if you don't meet weekly, then have some kind of process in place. Because even if you have that stuff listed, if you're not meeting and just touching base with each other, then that person in that position is going to be wondering, how am I doing? And, you know, is my position secure? Am I on the fence? You know, that is why regular check-in meetings are important. So I like weekly stat meetings where you talk about those things um, because it moves the business and it is a check-in. And you can identify problems, but however you do it, just make things clear. And then Lorraine, if you want to add anything for homework, you are more than welcome, but you don't have to. I
2: would, I would love to add, and my homework Mm -hmm. is more of a a pondering. Um, There are groups of individuals who have very high levels of unemployment who turn out to be very, very good, loyal employees. And so I want to kind of advocate for that. One is people who... um, have, you know, whatever you want to say, ex-offenders. And there are lots of organizations who will help you connect with them, very friendly. They will help screen. They will help put the right um, person. But these people are struggling often to get their first job and they will be extremely loyal. And if you want to talk about people who will follow rules, this is the group. People with disabilities, the unemployment rate usually runs about 60%. If you have a job that somebody who uses a wheelchair... Mm -hmm. Um, if a person's hearing impaired, washing windows and folks who are on the autistic spectrum often do wonderful detail work. They do not get distracted. Um, Also, um, people who are aging out of the foster care system. In most states, when a foster care child turns 18, they are on their own. They need a job. They will be loyal. They will not quit because they haven't really got um, any place to go. So think about, um, and again, Social services agencies who are really sweet, you just reach out to them, you tell them exactly what you need. They have a pool of folks and they will send you the right people. So um, if you're really, if all of the things we've offered haven't, the very, very outer rim of that circle created by the stone in the water is those agencies that are really working with people who have difficulties finding jobs, but who will be extremely loyal to you. So that's my just contemplate expanding your employee base to those groups
0: so good
3: can I add two that you uh that you recommended to me once can I add two to that list I'm sorry what? So, I'm going to add two to your list oh yes good. please so one is uh she signed me up a couple of years ago for the interviewing the high school students so I could volunteer to do sample interviews at the high school and turns out you could actively recruit. If you're willing to hire a recent high school grad, which is perfectly acceptable in the window cleaning world, uh, that was a great place to recruit. And Lorraine just said, yeah, go sign up for this thing and you're going to get in front of a lot of your ideal candidates. That was brilliant. The other one was community college career fairs. Yes. So, not the major university in our town where we've got the PhDs and Jeff's always worried when somebody wants to be a doctor, he's like, I don't want you to get carpal tunnel from cleaning windows and then you're know, <laughs> able to perform surgery, right? But a community college career fair was also brilliant. And Lorraine has done a really good job of networking, um, where, you know, she just knows the right person in our County to contact who's in charge of that department. So, um, so start looking through these agencies that she just mentioned. And those were two brilliant ideas that she gave me several years ago. Um, also Lorraine, just a small plug before we wrap up. She does have some great books on Amazon. Um, she does have a blog that's brilliant and she does have this podcast that Michelle mentioned. So uh, if you like what Lorraine said, also um, maybe we just need to start when we get a no-show to an interview, just sending them Lorraine's information. Like this one's going to help you get the confidence to show up to your next interview. Um, maybe that's, that's like a, a follow-up is you get your no-shows, just send them Lorraine's contact information. She does work with me.
2: I, 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 I hate to see people lo- waste their potential in life because they're afraid to take that first step. So I'm yeah. delighted to work with anybody.
0: That's awesome. And that goes really well along with our uh, quote for the week. And it is very sweet and simple life is short, work somewhere awesome. <laughs> so thanks so much, Lorraine, for coming today and spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. And
2: thank you for having me, which is wonderful.
0: Good. And everybody keep fighting out there, and we'll see you next week. Tuesday, Bye. Saturday. a.m. Easter. Go fight. Okay. Have a great day, everybody. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business.
4: Fight Fight Club for Business.